Welcome to the Why Not Podcast with me, Chrissy Hawkins. In a world where everybody always asks why, I'm here to ask, why not? I'll be breaking down the mindsets of guests as well as my own in a bit to find out what makes people say, why not? Hi guys and welcome back to Why Not Podcast. So today I have an interview with Margaret Young. So she is the owner of Wild Soul Yoga and Wellness. And today we talk all about yoga, how she got into yoga and the different things, the differences between yoga. So there's a few different types of yoga. She explains all that. We talk about maybe some misconceptions about yoga and how she actually started online and had to go from online to in-person, which is really, really uh, interesting because it's normally the other way around. So really interesting podcast today. If you're interested in doing yoga and have thought maybe I'm not flexible enough, we talk about how that is not an issue. As ever, guys, if you want to sit back and relax or walk and listen, here is my interview with Margaret Young. Hi guys and welcome back to the Why Not podcast. So today I have got Margaret Young of Wild Soul Yoga and Wellness. Margaret is a yoga instructor and wellness entrepreneur and I'm going to let her tell you a little bit more about herself. So hi Margaret, welcome to the podcast. Thanks Amelia, I'm delighted to be here. I started listening to your podcast recently and I'm loving it. Um, Yeah, as you said, I'm a yoga teacher and a wellness entrepreneur. So I specialize in vinyasa, yin and restorative. We'll probably talk at some stage about those different styles and um, I do group classes for studios and online classes and corporates and then wellness wise then I did a range of sweatshirts in the summer limited edition range of sweatshirts and they will be back in October and I also have a candle as well so the candle comes with um, access to an online hub of um, wellness practices like videos meditations and visualizations so it's not just yoga but a lot of yoga yeah that's brilliant actually like especially with the access with the candle it's not just like you know yeah the candle, I want to it. make it exactly I want to make it a little bit different so I was like how can it be a wellness candle you know what I'm just calling it a wellness candle. I was like how can I make it a little bit different to all the many lovely candles out there so it is a gorgeous fresh smelling candle but you also get little bit of an experience so hopefully encourage people to light the candle and just pick even a five minute meditation and just do a little bit of self-care do a face mask or whatever just a little bit of me time I love yeah, that so that's the like, idea behind it that. is actually a wellness candle yes <laughs> yeah where how did you get into this line of work um into yoga um you know what I've been kind of racking my brain where did the yoga all start and I think it came from when I was a child I was really into beauty and especially natural beauty like I would try and make like toners and things from boiling herbs and all that kind of thing so I was really into like the body shop and their whole like ethical trading and against animal testing and all that so I started reading books from the library about like holistic medicine and raw foods and all that so that's kind of where that started now I have to say like it being the 80s and that I didn't put a lot of that into practice you know I mean I was only as only a child and we didn't have like my mom is, is more of a like meat potato and three veg she wasn't interested in my ideas about vegetarianism and and raw stuff so no, um, it? 
Yeah, exactly. So that was just kind of what I was into as a child. And then I think I actually started going to yoga classes. I would probably start it with um, doing, the, doing videos. I, I think as far as I remember, it was um, yoga videos, which is even before DVDs. I even had books about yoga before I'd ever even taken a, an asana, a posture like. So that's where it started anyway, I think. It's been so long that I can barely remember. Like, yeah. And you, you weren't originally a yoga teacher, were you? No. So I'm only qualified since um, June last year. So qualified during the lockdown. Yeah. Yeah. So I was originally um, a lot of different things, including a PA. So mostly um, a secretary and a PA in um, the health, health industry. So. And what, yeah, what so, made you change careers? Um, that's probably a whole podcast in itself, but um, it's just I kind of climbed the ladder a little bit. I was feeling a bit disillusioned, and I'd had a few different roles in that career that I really disliked a lot of kind of bureaucracy and things like that. And I decided that I didn't want to be an employee anymore, basically. So, in 2017, I just I didn't really know. What I was going to do, I had this vague idea. I did a start your own business course and I just went with that first idea that I had, which was the um, virtual assistant thing. And by the time the 10 weeks was over, I had resigned that day. So I've been self-employed since 2017. And then I just, it kind of evolved then when I did the teacher training, I kind of lost interest in my first business in, in a way. But um, COVID kind of killed what was left of that business anyway, because I was working freelance for doctors. Okay. Like, uh, so like aesthetic doctors and um, not so much in public outpatients, anything like that, but like doctors that were doing Botox that I was doing PA for, they couldn't, they couldn't practice. So that said, I kind of lost interest anyway. I, I was halfway through my teacher training, so but I, I kind of consider that business to be like my training for this business. It was like the business degree that I never, I never got. So I think I just really wanted to be self-employed and I was willing to kind of, I think like your natural instinct would be to do something similar to what you were doing only on a freelance basis and then yeah. maybe figuring out where you want to go from there. So yeah. it kind of came like in, in a good time in a sense, like you were kind of moving away from it anyway and then COVID kind of forced you in a sense but you're already in the yoga teacher it was kind of yeah it all kind of um yeah that kind of worked out well because like when I did qualify which was last June when I qualified with my 200 error um the studios had just closed well they were a couple of months closed and but some studios were taking kind of a little bit of time to go online because you know they didn't know how long this was going to last whereas I was online from day one I never got a chance to teach in person at that stage. So for a long time, I had only ever taught online. So yeah. me and anybody else who would have qualified at the same time and went straight into being a full-time teacher would have had that experience. So we kind of would have done things um, the opposite way around. So it wasn't this kind of um, a challenge, I suppose. So for some teachers that have been teaching in person for years to go online was like a really big stressful thing. Whereas for me, it was just, that's my normal. Yeah. Having real people in front of me is more unusual for me. Yeah. What was that like, actually, if you started online, going from online to like in person, like, was that a bit like 
was it daunting terrifying or, yeah. yes terrifying yeah so I only got to do a couple of well I got to do a few last summer and then we locked down again but yeah it's really weird that first time especially when you, we sit there and there's people and they're looking at you and they're not in a little tiny square and I don't have like I always when I teach online I always had my class plan ready and even now sometimes when I teach in person I'd have a class plan um I always had like my notes just out of shots you know what I mean so yeah. But when there's people actually eyeballing you and you're just like, oh, my God. And then sometimes I even now I get a bit confused with the mirroring because the mirroring for the oh, Zoom mirroring and the mirroring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, I do mirroring as part of um, when I was doing my course. Um, we did like exercise to music and step aerobics and I had to do mirroring for that. And I don't know my left from my right at the best of times. Yeah, alone when I do it the opposite <laughs> direction in front of people under like I'm not I have no um no coordination I am most I can't dance and I can keep time at music so I had to do that and go the opposite way yeah I know it's not, it's not easy good. I don't think I never realized as a student it never occurred to me like that's one of the hardest things I was only thinking about that today when I while I was teaching I was like once you have you're kind of confident in your poses and what you're doing and all that the mirroring is still the challenge like yeah 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 but um if you go wrong I went wrong today and everyone just laughed it's fine and anyway yeah. some people like you tell them to to roll to the right and somebody always rolls to their left me even when I'm not <laughs> married I go me. the wrong direction <laughs> there's always at least one person there that does the other hand and then what can happen is you end up facing someone that you shouldn't be facing then you're like oh I should be this way but um yeah it's fine <laughs> yeah so a lot a lot of a lot of zoom classes but it, it was really like it's really handy if you're teaching a class from your attic because you've got no commute <laughs> yeah yeah that, that was it's only of... now that I'm driving everywhere like here there and everywhere in the car the whole time going to yeah studios. I'm lucky I'm only 10 minutes from where I work so thankfully I just have to go down yeah down there yeah. but yeah I did enjoy even um in the last lockdown like I could have used a gym because it was in my 5k but uh I set up a gym in my bedroom and I just used to roll out of bed and go straight train there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, there's a lot to be said for us. <laughs> Got a bit lazy during it, I have to say. I know. Um, yeah. Can you actually explain the different types of yoga? Just for people who don't know. I yes, I can. Yeah. Yeah, I had somebody ask me this morning because the class I did this morning um, in the studio was a flow. And she said to me, actually, what's the difference between vinyasa and flow? And I was like, vinyasa is flow. Vinyasa mm. basically means flow in Sanskrit, but um, flow just sounds kind of easier to understand. So in a vinyasa class, there's a little sequence called taking a vinyasa. So in a vinyasa or flow class, you generally take a couple of, or any any number of vinyasas. So you're basically going from down dog back, back to down dog in a um, couple of moves. So that's what a vinyasa class is, but you can have like a slow paced vinyasa or a really powerful vinyasa. And then yin is a style where you have very few poses in the class and you hold each pose for a long period of time. So you're looking to feel sensation in the body, which you would rate out of 10. And then, you know, the instructor would say, you know, we're looking for an edge of four or five here or whatever. So that's how much sensation that you can feel. And then you hold it in stillness for however many number of minutes could be anything up to 12 minutes. And the yin is more, yeah, yeah. Yin is more for, um, it's for the connective tissues and the fascia. It's not so much for the muscle. So it's not the end of the world. If, you, if your muscles do the work, 
if they're warm like beforehand the muscles will tend to do the work but if your body's nice and cold cool you're going to take on the fascia so yin has like you do feel good after it. and i've got a lot of people saying that they feel really stretched out after mm. it and they feel calm but to me it's a much more kind of long-term gain um yoga style because because it works on your connective tissues and your joints it does fantastic things for the spine and detoxification of the in the connective tissues like the free radicals and things that get Mm. stuck in the body so that's kind of a long term to me that's a long term gain kind of class and then restorative is the other one that I kind of specialize in and restorative you hold the poses for a long time as well and you might have the same number of poses as you would in a yin class or less but in restorative you don't want any edge you don't want any sensation so you prop yourself to in an inch of your life like use as many bolsters cushions like when I was doing it during lockdown I was telling people to get every cushion and pillow off their bed get everything prop yourself up completely into the poses so you could have like a hip opener but you're completely supported in it so the hip still mm. you're still getting the benefits of the opening but the body is really supported and it's more kind of healing and balancing okay so so yin and restorative are two styles i get confused and before i had studied them i would be a little bit confused myself because they do have a lot in common but in, in another way they're completely different yeah, the way you explain them, I can see how they would be different, but also how it can be easily confused by for, for people who maybe not not know the difference. Like, yeah. So when you're in restorative, you don't, you shouldn't be feeling any sensation. Like I had someone once say to me, "Oh, my hips were a bit a bit sore the next day." I'm like, "No, they de- they should not be. You need to prop more." Yeah. Like you shouldn't have any pressure, any sensation at all. Like last night, somebody fell asleep a few times in their restorative poses. Yeah. which is great I love when that happens that's kind of yeah, what you I, want is it yes exactly and I had someone someone else um who's recovering from surgery um told me that it lowered she has to monitor her heart rate and she told me that the restorative really lowered her heart rate yeah so they're the kind of benefits so for restorative like it's a good it's a good balance if the rest of your week is hectic whether that's through your job or your lifestyle or your other workouts so definitely not a workout in inverted commas, but it's a balance to the others. And then yin definitely would be a workout, but that's also a balance to the more active. Yeah. So, yeah. And yeah, then would so, your vinyasa kind of be your most active then? Yes, it would. Uh, the ones that I do, like there are, there is ashtanga and rocket, but I don't, um, I haven't studied those. I have done um, yoga nidra, which is, I haven't actually done much of it since I qualified in it but yoga nidra is is actually not an asana not a posture at all the nidra is actually the instructor talking and the practitioner lies just lies down and listens and it's it's to do with your brain waves it's it's dropping into that point between being awake and asleep yeah so it's still yoga because yoga the, the word itself the whole thing it, it doesn't always mean movement that's just one eighth of it so yeah. you might see you know, yoga nidra advertised sometimes it's done at the end of like a workshop for a yin or something like that but it's not a pose it's not a posture at all it's just lying hopefully getting yourself into that half asleep half awake kind of twilight yeah 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 cool. so 
I hope that's helpful and not even more confusing. No, no, I think that's good, actually. and It's a good explanation. Um, yeah. I like the way you said as well that yoga isn't just about the poses. There's, no. Could you actually expand on that a little bit, actually? Because I think people do just think that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. And I, I can totally understand why. Yeah, of course. So um, yoga is the philosophy and there's eight, eight limbs to that philosophy and asana, the movement, is, is just one. So breath is another one. And then the kind of eth- the ethics around it, they'd be two of them. And then, now don't feel like I'm doing my exam now, I'm trying to desperately remember them all. Um, <laughs> then there's like um, meditation, breath work. And yeah, so asana is actually only one part. So it's not so much that you, I'm getting a bit deep now you don't do yoga you are yoga yeah you know what I mean yeah that's a bit deep <laughs> sometimes in class I'll say you know set an intention for your you know if you want to set an intention for your class but think of it as something that you can take off the mats hmm. so if you want if you want to like if your intention for your practice is to have patience with yourself then you also want to bring that off the mat it's not just for that error that you're going to have patience with yourself when you when your ego is trying to push you into deeper into a pose or whatever, it, you want to take it off the mat. So, you know what I mean? Yeah, I get you. Yeah. And would you say yeah. people thinking in like, say the asanas are the only part of you, would you say that's the biggest misconception you find or do you find any other misconceptions? It's one of them. And I, I always say to people, because people always apologize like straight away. Like I say, oh, well, have you, doing, have you been doing much? Because everywhere is reopened. I'm saying, have you been doing much, you know, over lockdown or whatever? And people always apologize. No, or yes, but then I didn't. And I'm not flexible. They're all like kind of preempting it. And I'm like, it's not about that. It's really not about that. And also like, it's important to mention as well. It's not just for like, you know, able-bodied people, for want of a better word. It's, if you can breathe, the, the quote from one of the books is, if you can breathe, you can do yoga because it's, it's, not, a, it's not always about the, the movement. So if you can breathe, then you're alive. So therefore, everyone who's alive can do yoga. Yeah. So do you know what I mean? So like, and just on that note as well, I did study um, adaptive yoga and I do teach chair yoga. I just haven't had an opportunity to do as much as I would like to. Yes, because I haven't been able to get into like, you know, resident nursing homes or anything like that. But it is something because I feel like, as you said, that can be a misconception. And it's not just for young, bendy, you know, fit, fit flexible people. You can be 90 and in a wheelchair. My mom's 83 and she's done some of my chair yoga. She has a, she had a problem with her spine and but she, there's still poses she can do and she can still breathe. Yeah. So she can still do yoga. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, that you get that a lot of people, isn't it? Like we get as well. It's like, oh, I, it's like almost like I want to get fit before I go to the gym. And like, oh, I'm not yeah. flexible enough for yoga. It's like, no, you are. You just come in and you'll be okay. Like. Yeah, if that is something that you want, if that's one of your goals, well, then the only way it's going to happen is by going. It's not going to happen by not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm sure you hear that all the time with weights. Like, I'm not strong enough. Well, you're only going to get strong enough. Or like the way you said about the apologizing, like, oh yeah, look, look, I'm, I'm going to be so bad because I haven't done it in ages. And I'm like, well, the only way you get better again is by doing it. Like, you know, it's it's not yeah, like yeah. real. Yeah, a lot of people say Yeah, well, you just need to, you just need to know for their program. But other than that, like you're not expecting them to be Arnold Schwarzenegger. No. 
<laughs> I just say him because he's there's a big huge poster of him in our gym and I love him but um yeah he's like um, our uh, you know god I think Efren. yes yeah absolutely yeah I know but um other misconceptions about touching the toes and I think youth is probably one as well and I was probably guilty of that myself because when I signed up for teacher training I convinced myself I was going to be the oldest person there I thought everybody else was going to be millennials yeah and that wasn't the case at all I was probably I was probably about half like if you were to line everybody up by age, I was probably at the halfway mark, I'd say, or even yeah. lower. So that's a misconception that I was guilty of. So it's not not just for for young millennials. millennials yeah, that's a great one. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think I'm Generation X. It's called. Mm. But um, yeah, I mean misconceptions about um, meditation and like that yoga is a religion which it's not and that you have to you know if you're going to go to a yoga class then you're going to have to start drinking cacao and burning sage you can if you want but you don't have to <laughs> that's a really good one actually I like that <laughs> now I haven't said that I only just bought sage for the first time recently and I've tried it once or twice I've tried, also tried drinking cacao but I just want to try things doesn't mean like you don't have to go full on full on hippie yeah, but you're you know, you, can't you want should that. try all this, right? Yes, of course. Yeah, I try, I'm trying everything. Like I'm trying um, acupressure mats and flotation tanks and anything. Yeah, pressure mats. That's I'll try. Oh, I, I, I don't I, know I, about I doing that one. Oh, sorry, I thought you meant a class. Yeah, no, um, my husband does it every night for like 20 minutes. And yeah. then sometimes I, I'll jump on it for 10 minutes as well. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm totally down with that one. <laughs> Do do people as well think like with meditation they're like you know you're gonna come out doing the buddha for doing after doing one class of meditation yeah they do a bit but um most people when they try it they're they're pleasantly surprised mm-hmm. and like because i'm not someone who can just still my mind and sit in silence i'll always kind of lean towards um visualization meditations because i feel like if you have something to focus on but that's also a form of meditation itself where you focus singly on one thing whether that's your breath or um like sometimes like I'm really into chakras I have to say so I do a lot of like chakra balancing meditation so you're visualizing the different colors and wheels of light so that can be good as well to keep the mind to focus on something yeah so yeah people are usually quite pleasantly surprised about meditation yeah but I mean, it's a work in progress for me as well. I'm no like expert at it just because I teach it and I, I fall off the wagon and then I, I always feel better when I do do it. But I, but I love, um, I prefer visualizations as well myself. Yeah, yeah, I get, I get that actually because I do find it very hard if I am trying to do a little bit or, you know, trying to stay still. And I think people think they're doing it wrong when they can't keep their mind quiet. yeah. I always say, like, um, notice your thoughts, notice what arises, and let them let it flow off. Yeah. Don't be. I always say, don't beat yourself up when you notice that you're engaging with it. Just when you notice you're engaging with it, let it go and come back to the breath or whatever you're visualizing. Yeah, but then it's important not to beat yourself up because then you'll go off on another tangent of self-criticism in your head when you're you're supposed to be doing something positive for yourself and then you'll end up 
be counterproductive then if you get to the end and go oh well I couldn't I couldn't focus yeah yeah and especially with the outdoor classes at the moment as well I'm noticing that people some people are just go straight into the zone and some people that are really easily distracted they're have they're like hitting the insects away and they're being distracted by flies and things and I'm like oh it's, they don't bother me anymore so I must have progressed a tiny little bit in my meditation but some people just go straight and that's another good thing about in-person compared to online, actually, is that you kind of have that accountability of the teacher being there looking at you. Whereas online, even when I took, when I take online yoga classes, like during, especially during this, the opening meditation, I find it very hard to kind of settle in. Like mm. you, you might still look at your phone once or twice or messing with your camera, whatever. It can be hard to like come to stillness. But the more you do it, the easier it gets and it's like with with your nervous system like the more times you bring your nervous system down the easier it is to do it again yeah that's right it's like you're resetting your baseline so the more that you meditate or whatever even if it's just five minutes start a class or whatever the more you do it the easier it is to then go back into into that zone what uh what do you find is your the student's biggest take up where like change they find when they take take up yoga um a big one is sleep that they sleep really well after so a lot of times the next day they'll say oh my god I slept so well I slept for 11 hours I slept for 12 hours or like I was saying some people fall asleep during during the class obviously not in the middle of it I don't mean in the middle of the NASA class they just sleep I mean at the end <laughs> um I've had people like miss the end of the zoom because they were fast asleep or, or two people this week didn't come out with shavasana because they um, were still asleep. So I don't know whether I just have, that's my talent in life, putting people to sleep. Um, but sleep is a big one. And that's, it's been a very important one, as you probably know yourself. Another one is um, a feeling of, of calmness. Mm. But they feel calm. And like that, like I was saying, the nervous system, the more times you feel that calm, the, the easier it is to get that feeling again. Yeah. Um, and then fitness wise, usually it's like shoulders, just generally feeling well, stronger in the shoulders, feeling looser in the body and hmm. uh, feeling a bit stronger. Um, I had someone say they felt younger after Ian. That's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. What's one thing you've learned since you became a yoga teacher? Maybe a few things you've learned that maybe you didn't realize about it beforehand or? Oh, everything. <laughs> the more I know, the more I realize I don't know. And have you ever noticed like yoga teachers a lot of times will have on their, their Instagram bio that say yoga teacher and student. And that doesn't yeah. necessarily mean that they're not fully qualified and they're not in the middle of a course. It just probably means we're never going to know everything. Like yeah. never. It's like it's for someone like I am quite a kind of analytical as well like I'm a bit like of a what they call a class a person is it a type, type a, a yeah. person yeah. type a person so I like to like have clear goals and kpis and spreadsheets and all that as well as being like a creative person I'm very analytical so for me to know that I'll never not I'll never know everything is a little bit of a challenge but I'm kind of um make my peace with it now I'm never gonna know everything and every time I read a yoga book and I'm always reading at least one my mind just gets blown more 
and yeah. you can't read them fast you just can't oh I can't read them fast I have to stop every few pages and let it absorb and some some of the philosophy like I'll actually get a headache because I'm trying so hard to get my head around it like yeah but I but I love it I love it I have to say so um shoulders is a big one I'd say as well because everyone is so stiff in their shoulders like yes yeah, like, like small I, movements of people and they just can't do it like I know it's so it's so surprising when you do see people in the flesh now and you're like you you realize that not everybody can even when they're lying on their back can get their shoulders down or bring their arms up over their head and get their hands down to the ground like yeah rest your hands down but some people aren't actually able to to bring their shoulders down so yeah it is amazing how much tension um that we carry in our shoulders and our neck and I always say that as well we're warm up the neck like be really mindful because one side is perhaps being carrying handbags and school bags a lot more than the other so it's good for um evening out kind of imbalances in the body as well so sometimes especially in in-person class I'll say we'll find which side is not as strong as the other and then we'll spend a little bit longer on it trying like correct don't like use the word correct but trying to just bring more balance to the body yeah yeah you know, there was I noticed as well um people always say like oh that's harder on that side and it's like have to keep pointing out it's completely yeah wrong. don't expect like if you do move on one side and go right we go to the other side but don't just bring your hand to the same position that you did see how it feels because one side's not going to be the same as the other yeah yeah absolutely for people like people are quite surprised by that I find yeah I spent I suppose you wouldn't, unless you've like studied like anatomy or fitness, you kind of don't realize as much. Yeah. And then we're just kind of so in tune to it now. Like we're very, very rarely symmetrical. Not very. Yeah. Um, if you see my shoulders, if I stand upright, my left shoulder is like way higher than my right. It's ridiculous. Looking. Yeah. And like most people have like half a shoe size bigger than the other or like one boob slightly bigger. I think most women have one boob slightly bigger. So one side of your top is falling down more than the other. Like, yeah. So yeah, we're not, so I would say we're, we're not like, we're, we didn't come off an assembly line and especially with yin as well, because in yin, the first tenant of yin is that you come to the shape of the pose. Mm. it's how that shape looks like in your body on that particular day it's never about trying to look like you're shooting um photographs for a yoga book it's it's yeah. that pose as interpreted in your body yeah that's very as interpreted in your body yeah and the two sides can be different that's absolutely okay especially with the the hips i find like if somebody's sitting with their feet together and their knees apart one side might need one block to prop and one side might need two Mm. so it's just bringing that kind of awareness yeah that's, a, that's brilliant which which is your favorite type of yoga and why because i specialize in two of them but which would be your favorite i don't know it kind of changes like i mean just times there's times when i mean vinyasa was the first one i studied so i suppose yeah i suppose that would be but i love yin as well and then whenever i do restorative then i love that as well but I feel, I, especially with restorative, I always feel really like lucky after the class. I'm like, that I get to be the person, like for that era, in that place, to be the person that helps people to get into that calm state and stuff. Like, it's really like, I don't want to get too cheesy here, but with restorative, like, it's not a physical practice for me to teach, but it's more about holding space, which is something mm. that I, a concept that I didn't really understand until I did my 500 era. So I 
thoughts whichever one I've just thought is my favorite <laughs> <laughs> and also it kind of changes like you know the way sometimes in the month you're you're more energetic than others yeah so it kind of depends what's going on with me as well yeah like if you were to do I think I have a good balance because if I if I was to do all of one type then I wouldn't be getting that balance so yeah. like vinyasa it would be considered a yang practice as in yin mm-hmm. and yang so doing both yin and, and vinyasa with a bit of restorative training gives me a good good balance as well and energy output as well for me and yeah that's good yeah that's a good point it's kind of it's kind of nice in a way but also yeah I get that like I like to try and learn as much as possible I'm like wait hold on I'll never get everything on this what yeah I know it's it's a bit of a, a mindset kind of shift that you'll never you'll never graduate like I have my 500 hour actually I have 530 hours because I did yin twice long story but anyway um but like yeah so I'm for people who don't understand about the whole um kind of qualification thing 200 is the minimum that you need to be a teacher but most people go on to do their 500 but not everybody does it's really expensive actually to do your your 300 as well yoga teacher training can be really expensive but you can do shorter trainings and get 30 hours here and 50 hours there whatever and there's people who plenty of teachers who have way more than 500 they never stop learning but um yeah an answer to your question everything (laughs) did you find that now this is what i found when i started doing um my pt course like i, I was training for years like and i was like oh yeah i know everything and then you like go and you're like oh my god i know nothing yeah exactly exactly that's exactly it and and i never will know everything but that's like it's like a pinhead of information about yoga you know what i mean it's thousands mm-hmm. of years old it's an entire philosophy it's not just and that to me, it's not just the poses. It's not just sequence in the class. It's not just holding space. It's not just trauma informed. It's just so much to it. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, when, you do 500, <laughs> when you do a 500, does that mean like, so you've done your 200, you do another 500, do you do an extra No, no, you do three, you do a three. So basically I did a 300. I did that 300 online during lockdown, during the, the January to March lockdown yeah. this year, because I thought, oh how amazing would it be to have the 500 to come out of lockdown with 500 so and I kept believing all the headlines two more weeks two more weeks six more weeks whatever so I absolutely like killed my worked myself into the ground doing my 300 hours in 10 weeks which is I'm sure people have done it shorter but that was a lot considering I was teaching as well there was there was you know hours and hours and hours and hours of live lectures and recorded lectures and karma 20 hours of karma classes so it was a lot but um yeah so that's how you get that you can do you can go from zero to 500 you do the 500 in one go I don't I don't think I know anybody who's done that I say that'd be that intense would be a lot. yeah so the 200 I did over weekends over like 10 months hmm. so normally that's that's the, one of the most popular ways is a weekend a month over nearly a year yeah and then there's three there's in-person 300s and like that you do a weekend a month for a year yeah it was just because of lockdown the opportunity arose to do it online with um uh, a school in texas oh where is you doing brilliant. it that far away yeah yeah it, honest to god it was one of the most amazing if not 
the most amazing experience of my life was that it was it was really hard and really intense but it was brilliant like what I learned and all the different people from all over the world like that we'd be on on the calls with yeah it's amazing yeah that's actually really cool like and it's mad it shows you like the reach of the internet as well like you know you were able to do this with a school in Texas from Ireland you know yeah amazing yeah apparently they used to do it but it wasn't um they used to do this course but it wasn't recognized by Yoga Alliance but because of COVID they reassessed and said yes you can do it online which meant they could open it up to the world so yeah that was one of the most amazing positives to come out of this whole situation and was that I was able to do it for a lot less not yeah. that I want to take the money out of Ireland but it, three be about three grand to do it in person here so yeah. I don't know when I would have gotten around to it whereas to do it online with Texas was 492 euro I can see why you went <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> and only that I know somebody who was already doing it I would have said nah that's a scam that's not real I never would have believed it yeah only that I got a personal recommendation yeah and it worked out well as well so that's brilliant as well especially just for, like when we're stuck in not being able to do something like may as well you might use it at the time. as well yeah you might as well like i'm sure there's people that like i mean plenty of people took up cooking and different things probably learned a language so that was my kind of thing yeah and that was kind of my way of coping as well especially like in the first lockdown i was like studying hard as well because that was just my coping mechanism you know the way some people kind of reacted differently to others in that those very early days I went into hyper productive mode like I was up at a set time I'd study from this time to this time I'd exercise from this time to this time even my breaks and lunch were like I was over the top regimental yeah that was just how I coped it took me a few months to realize that that was that was just a coping mechanism the way some people went into denial or whatever but um if you can come out of it with well, if you come out of it alive and intact and with your mental and physical health, that's all that matters. If you happen to have gotten a qualification as well, well then that's a bonus. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, I don't I, want to don't sound like, you know, like everyone should have been like achieving loads. Like if you came out of it unscathed and you still had like an income or you still have your house, well then that's, that's still a win. Really exactly, exactly, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right though. People do cope with things different ways. I would have been similar to you. The first one though, I was a little bit like faffy around, but the last one I was literally like, no, I'm getting up at this time every day. I'm going to this, this and this. And um, like it was the only way I needed to keep myself in a structure. Yeah, for, like, that's just how some people cope and, and that's okay. Yeah, and that's if your okay. way of coping that's was chilling, that's okay too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I did do a lot of chilling as well. <laughs> oh yeah like I managed to fit that in it was great like I'd finish in the evening I'd just flake with Peter for the evening it was great yeah wearing loungewear for weeks on end yeah ginger <laughs> and pajamas that was it yeah which that's hasn't it. changed much now but still <laughs> the problem is now if you go to put heels on the feet won't be able to cope I'm, I have slippers <laughs> yeah I haven't worn heels in like two years so I'm not looking forward to that no me too <laughs> that'll be interesting Okay, yeah. so I think that's everything I have to ask you, Barra. I have one other question, and I always ask this at the end, and it's what is the best piece of advice you've ever gotten? And you can pick more than one, because I do always let people. Okay. 
Of course, I, I had loads and I can't remember half of them, but one big one would be to say yes and figure it out later. Yeah. So say yes to opportunities, even if you don't know exactly how to do the thing and figure it out. So say, say with this podcast or more so, this is my third podcast, but when I, especially when I was asked to do my first podcast, I nearly died of fright. But I always try to, well, I try to remind myself to do this, to make decisions based on love and not fear. So if I'm saying yes or no to something, I'd say, am I saying that because I'm scared? Scared of, that? I want, like, say if it's with a client that you might really think it's going to work out, are you scared you're not going to make enough money otherwise? Or are you just scared you're going to make a fool of yourself so you're making a decision on fear, don't make it on fear. Yeah. So I've I've kind of gone into two there instead of one. My original one was say yes and figure it out later. Yeah. Yeah. So don't don't lose an opportunity because you don't know exactly how you're going to get there. How are you going to do it? Are you able to do it? Yes, you are able to do it. So say yes. That's a really good one. Yeah. I like that actually. <laughs> good. And then um, you're- what else, Becca? Um. Oh, I can't really think. Like, I have a few kind of businessy ones, like, don't ask someone to do something you wouldn't do yourself. That's more of like when I was a manager, like, kind of a leadership. That was kind of my leadership kind of motto. Um, and then the other side of that saying, yes, opportunity. And I, I stand by that completely. But also, learning to say no as well has been a thing for me that I'm trying to do. So, like I said, it's a, it's a little bit about the whole fear and love thing. So yeah. not being afraid to say no to something. If, if saying yes to it was out of fear. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I like that as well. Yeah. Like I'm someone who I'll say no, but I'd be like, no, but I'll, I can do it next week. Or no, but, oh, you know, I always like give too much and I'll like give stuff away or just too kind of too soft, I suppose, in a way. So I'm trying to nice. learn to set. I think, I think what it's called energetic boundaries. Energetic they know without without feeling guilty like I don't know if it's an Irish thing a female thing or a generation thing I don't know what it is but I hate saying no and even yeah, when no, I'm saying when I do say no I say I hate saying no but I I, I really kind of need I kind of need to say no so I'm saying or you spend no the next really like two days thinking how you could work it in because you yes. feel so bad about saying no <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so that's yeah. something I'm working on so try to look at things through the lens of um is your decision on love or fear yeah I like that one that's a really good one. yeah okay yeah so I think we shall finish off with that but before you go Margaret tell Evan where they can find you my website is wildsoul.ie on Instagram I'm Mags M.M. Young you can call me Mags or Margaret I don't mind um, I'm on Facebook LinkedIn Twitter uh, YouTube you name it but mostly Instagram is where I am 24 hours a day nearly sweatshirts will be back in october for your christmas shopping oh yeah so everyone make sure you get on them because they are really nice yes. i have seen them they are yeah so my sister are rocking them I do. yeah exactly i do say so myself yeah they are fab. cool so and as ever guys you can find me on instagram and tiktok it's chrissy h fitness and i just want to say thanks again for joining us today margaret thanks so much chrissy really enjoyed the chat thanks for having me
Thank you again for listening to the Why Not podcast. It really means a lot that you are listening in and I would love if you could please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or subscribe on Spotify. And always, I'd love to hear feedback personally. So if you do want to leave me a message and let me know how you found the podcast, please do.